Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm joined tonight by Jonah Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hey, hello. Hey there. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're going to be talking civilly about uh, uh, some of the things that have happened politically, I guess. Man, I never quite know how to do that do that transition smoothly. <coughs> That's part um, of your charm. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad that I'm glad <laughs> it has parts. <laughs> so uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners, and you can get in touch with us by email at civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. Um you can also listen to previous episodes of the show at uh, civilpoliticsradio.com. That's our dedicated website. It's got some supplemental episodes on there, too, and other good stuff. So, yeah, you know, check it out. Why not? We don't charge anything. Though we do also have our tip <laughs> jar there. So if you if you like us enough to throw a few bucks our way to pay for, you know, this uh, fancy boom mic thing I got to record remotely <laughs> won't say no yeah you know what else i won't say no to mm-hmm. actual like uh you know a functioning criminal justice system that actually deals out consequences for reprehensible behavior by a public official that's well, that's here. nice that is nice but i got hey. news for you Bad I'm news for you. <laughs> I'm listening. One escapee does not say the jail doesn't exist. Yeah, right. it, we yep. we have a we had a really good decision by the jury in the Derek Chauvin trial. Um, that is, it's good. It's it hasn't solved racism. Just so everybody knows. Just want to. I just want to make sure everybody knows that it is worth reminding people, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But let's not, let's not take away from, from the awesomeness that is him getting um, convicted on all three counts. Yeah. Yes. That's. And in 10 hours. Yeah. They came back fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The jurors definitely. They didn't ask any questions, I guess. They just, yeah, they just went through the evidence and the, directions and they voted and it was all guilty yeah. yeah good yeah so i i you know and 10 hours definitely indicates that they took time to carefully deliberate you know they 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 didn't just go with their first impressions they they took time to think it through but yeah yeah so it's, uh, it's, i'm really happy about it really obviously good. but yeah uh, this is it's this a is crappy a really thing to good be happy about yeah, right. It is. It because, is because it's really crappy George Floyd is still <laughs> dead. Yep. Well, yeah, we always love it when the witch gets killed. I mean, you know, this is good. This is really good. Yeah. Oh. The sentencing isn't going to be for another few weeks. Um but uh there was there was something I did want to bring up uh that happened uh, I think today. Uh there were um 
Nancy Pelosi made a made a speech about yeah. about what happened, and she. Oh, was this a tone deaf? Oh my God! Yeah, she said, um, "Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for criminal justice or whatever." And it's like he didn't sacrifice anything. Oof. Yeah, he was murdered. Oof. He yes. was undeniably murdered. <laughs> It's not a sacrifice. Someone that sacrifices something, that is a choice that someone makes. I I agree. If she'd said, we won't forget the George Floyd sacrifice, that would be very different. No, it wouldn't. I think think it would, but yeah. What sacrifice did it give? Um, Because it acknowledges – because – Saying it that way doesn't necessarily mean that he's that it was it was a deliberate choice. You know, it's like let's not forget the sacrifice of all the people lost on the Titanic as we move to improve safety standards for lifeboats on cruise ships. Uh, I mean, it's not the best possible choice. I, I don't think I'd use it. It, but, it doesn't. It 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 doesn't really seem like make sense to me because. Like the 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 people on the Titanic didn't sacrifice themselves. Like what? Like the well, sacrifice... none of them chose to be on a ship that didn't have enough room for them on the lifeboats and yeah, died it, in it, North like, I I I agree. I guess the, the we should idea remember that, like, the deaths of the uh, we we should remember the, their the tragic people. loss and it should inspire us. You know, so that there it's not a not so that their deaths aren't meaningless. You know. Um, that a sacrifice- is a way, way better way. I, I agree. Sacrifice and yeah, the idea of a meaningful death sort of get conflated, I think. Yeah. I think that's what she's thinking. Also, like, I, I, I think it's worth noting that uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi uh, is a fervent Catholic. And so the idea of, you know, uh, someone sacrificing for uh, uh, the good of others is, you know, heavily built into the sort of the theology of of that particular uh, religion. So, eh, I, I mean, the, the sacrifice is very important to, uh, Catholicism, but just a really, um, a lot of religion, but that is like, it is a, a sacrifice that people, that it is a choice that people give. Um, or it's a sacrifice. Like you can say a sacrifice that, that someone makes like uh if someone is if it's a human sacrifice that would make sense with a death a human sacrifice yeah no, that that to me like the whole idea of like i am sacrificing another human it's like no you're murdering someone yeah <laughs> you know yeah, if they yeah. were like you know i you know if it was if it was a far better thing i do than i have ever done before you know like in tale of two cities or something that's that's a very different thing i don't know i agree with you it's it it's wrong and especially especially the way she used the active voice it really just yeah the way she talked about it is just I knew something had happened. I hadn't heard what it actually was, but that's sort of horrifying. So, yeah. Did you hear what Biden Biden said to the family? I thought that was pretty good. They he mentioned the daughter, saying that her father would would change the world. You know, his death would change the world, and I thought that was a really important sort of thing to acknowledge. I forget the daughter's name. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was very, very thoughtful and not tone deaf. So. I really like the fact that uh, after he gave remarks, 
Kamala Harris went forward and gave remarks and he just stood there quietly listening. Like, Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I guess I just got the headline. Yeah, no, she, 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 you know, she gave, I don't remember anything about them that was truly like, Oh, that's, that's noteworthy or, or bold. But like she said the things that one would expect the vice yeah. president of the United States to say, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, a woman of you know African American and and Asian American or Indian American a- ancestry to say about you know this moment of actual consequences being visited upon a racist murderer, but you know like we need there's more work to do. We need to do more to to fix our criminal justice system and end racism and absolutely. But just you know she's there and the president. Is standing next to her, you know, like the, the the guy who's in charge, but he's standing there quietly and listening to her, um, much in the way that he would stand quietly and listen to Barack Obama when he was vice president. And it's just that's, yeah. I, I gotta I gotta say yeah. I respect Joe Biden's ability to shut the heck up and let other people talk. Yeah, um, it's a thing I should do more. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at least I the president is a it. is is someone that you can like try to emulate now. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I do have a so, an article that uh that is on Slate that I'm going to post on the on the website with the show. Um, I'm actually glad Nancy Pelosi thanked George Floyd for sacrificing himself. Okay, uh, and this is um basically a um. The words aren't just tone-deaf expressions by two prominent voices in American politics, Pelosi and and uh, uh, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey. Um, they point to something larger. They're telling slips that illustrate how easy it is to view black victims of police violence not as people, but as means to an end, even if that end is just. The active verbs alone are an offense, a life sacrificed, a life that bettered a city by being lost as if Floyd had any choice in his death at the hands of Derek Chauvin. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, that sounds like a great article. Yeah, it's from Slate. I am going to be posting it, like I said, on the in the show notes um, if you're listening on podcasts or uh, on the website, civilpoliticsradio.com. Um, definitely take a look at it. I, I forget who said some of the things, but the things that I really took to heart were some of the, I guess they were probably politicians, where they were saying, so this was one of those cases where, thank God for the teenage filmer, you know, we could really see it from all angles. Yep. It's it's a it, it's a unique case in the sense that it was absolutely proven, and that often doesn't happen well. And they were saying that really the um, important thing is that it points out the laws that need to be changed. So that it doesn't take a perfect case to convict a policeman. It needs to, you know, the laws need to be um, fixed. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good thing to be saying. Yeah. Get rid of it. Well, also, did you hear the debate between, um, I'm forgetting his name. He's in my party in the Senate and he's working with Bass and a couple other people on um, the bill, the, the police reform bill. And they were they said the point that they're arguing over at the moment, and it seems like they may make some traction in the next two weeks, is whether you can sue the policemen themselves or the department and that it may end up the first step 
making mm-hmm. it so that the department is liable because of the union rules, that it would be hard for the feds to be able to do more than that. It was an interesting thing that it sounded like they were getting close. You know, they were going to go after qualified immunity, but it might be, um, you know, sort of in a in a two-step process. So yeah. I, I hope that's true. And they said within two weeks they should know if they're going to be able to find common ground. <sighs> but Scott, his name is Scott. I can't Tim Scott, the Tim first Scott. senator? Tim Scott, yeah. Uh, the the yeah. one black There's, guy in the, in, in the uh-huh. Republican Senate. Well, the last time he came up with a bill, it was pretty milquetoast. It was bad. Oh, yeah. You know, his and his guys didn't even go along with it. He couldn't get any Republicans to go along and it wasn't a good bill. But, you know, he tried. Yeah, they so really hung their hat on that, though. Like they um, yeah. the president and the uh, and and a lot of people in oh, Congress yeah. were, were saying, uh, yeah, this was like last year. They were saying, you know, like we had a bill. You didn't. You guys didn't want it. We had a bill. Our our yeah. our colleague, um, Senator Scott, wrote this great bill. You know, and they wouldn't have voted for mm. it. Um, and by and the way, it had huge holes in it. Just yeah, uh, it just side note: the DOJ is now invest is opening an investigation of possible systemic policing problems in in Minneapolis. Yep. So that is really awesome as well. Yes. That's and that's led Merrick by um, Garland. The fellow that did merit. That's right. Merrick. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. It didn't seem like a strong statement. I saw a little piece of him announcing it and I just, maybe he's a really strong jurist, but I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like he was going to carry the banner. Maybe he will. You know, I didn't have confidence looking at him he's and listening really to him saying that. The guy. Is that, do you think it's, we're going to be surprised? That'll be good. Hopefully. If we're surprised. But yeah, he really seems like a process guy. So like making it, I, I don't, I don't see his announcements or press conferences, uh, being all that forceful. Um, I think he's really yeah. good at, I think he'll be really good at like behind the scenes kind of thing or, um, getting it done, just maybe. getting it, just, or, just doing the work, you know? Yeah. Um, if he yeah. says, I want to look into this, then he's, he seems like the type of person that would say, yeah, we're going to look into this and then go like full on looking into it. Hopefully, hopefully. actually looked into it. Yeah. yeah. And being really methodical about it um, instead of making like big gestures, big speeches or anything. It'll be like, yeah, we're going to do this. No follow through. Mm-hmm. The, the, the proof will be in the pudding. Exactly. Hopefully we'll see some movement in this. Uh, maybe they'll. Uh, put more funding into the civil rights division because that's been stripped away for a while. Um, you know, uh, so hopefully, hopefully, basically, that's. Well, I think an important step towards any kind of police reform is going to be uh, on a on a on a on a very basic level. Um, there are already legal mechanisms for dealing with the police being out of control, you know, like, like they didn't have to invent a crime for Derek Chauvin. It's like, yeah, 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 you assaulted and murdered a guy, you know, like we saw that that's a crime, you know, you're going to jail, buddy. Like, so the, the, the issue is more holding police accountable for the things they do. And, there's all like the the sort of the pervasive culture of uh, the police 
uh, lying and flouting uh, the law and restrictions on their behavior, you know, not turning on their body cameras, uh, uh, stopping people from uh, recording them, you know, saying like, oh, you can't do that. And it's like, yes, yes, you can. Um, and just uh, I saw some footage on Twitter today. Apparently, there's a protest in Albany, New York, because of police violence. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, uh, so there was a, a line of police officers there, uh, you know, with the, the the body armor and the helmets and their faces covered and carrying shields. And many of the shields uh, over where it would say police, they had these thin blue line stickers and none of them seemed <sighs> to be wearing visible name tags or badges. Yeah. So, mm. you know, like h- how is that? acceptable now you know but they're there people are filming them in public and and they're just doing it you know and so Mm. long as it's acceptable so long as the people of albany in in that particular case but our society writ larger is just going to put up with that then you know the cops will never really be held to account and one thing that we gotta change that please continue i'm done I I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say one thing that people that people can do is when sheriffs um are up for election or any um law enforcement official is up for election, then and they are allowing the thin blue line of flags or or they're allowing like people putting Punisher stickers on on their cars or something like that then vote them out get rid of them because that is a systemic thing uh the punisher is not a hero you're not a cop should not be saying like yes the punisher is a symbol for us that's insane it's especially insane because you know he's a comic book character and no he's not heroic uh but you know, he's he's not the only violent dude in comics. The thing about his sim- about his symbolism, I mean, like if if a cop were wearing a, you know, had like a Captain America shield decal on his shoulder or whatever, that would have that would land rather differently. A big part of the reason why the Punisher is such a troubling uh, uh, icon for the police to, to 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 display is the Punisher is explicitly a vigilante. He is explicitly yeah. uh someone who acts outside the law as, as a deliberate statement because he thinks the law is he thinks law enforcement isn't violent enough he thinks criminal justice isn't brutal enough he thinks uh that society isn't sufficiently orderly and criminals aren't sufficiently scared and criminals quote unquote are always you know like the the cherry picked worst of the worst you know like the al pacino and scarface types and, you know, like for the cops to see that as like, that's someone I'm emulating. That's someone I'm a role model I'm trying to evoke. That's what's frightening. frightening. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. frightening. It's, it's frightening in a way that, you know, Spider-Man isn't, isn't a cop, but a cop with a Spider-Man symbol. I mean, there, there can be issues there, but it's not at nearly as worrisome because Spider-Man, you know, makes a point of not killing people, for example. Well, we, we, and we're... We're getting kind of deep in the weeds because yeah, me, me and me and Mike are avid, avid comic fans. Um, I only owned a comic book store for 15 years. I don't know exactly. that I'm, I've been, I'm following I've been the conversation. Comics. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've been I, reading I comics like not important. as long as other people, but yeah, I right. mean, I've been watching comic cartoons since I was a kid. And like we, but the thing is that when you talk about symbolism, and we're talking about uh, symbol, like the the symbolism of different characters and emulating different characters like when you think about spider-man there's self-sacrifice and great power uh, great taking care of your family great power means great responsibility if i saw a cop with a the spider-man logo on his car i'd be like okay that that all right <laughs> I get the luck. you know um if you if you see captain america that is duty and justice and, or duty and um caring about about people and making sure that the the myth of america is alive and well not the reality but the myth of of america like the the aspirational part of america like that's that's something you have the punisher that's just there are criminals and they need to die yeah and uh i'm going to be judged during executioner because they keep getting out of jail or they keep uh, doing stuff nobody can can get them in court so i'm going to shoot them and that is that is not something that i want a police officer to be saying yeah that's that's my guy well and that's you know? that's an extreme example of sort of the larger problem of comic book heroes if they were in the real world you know your society's failing if you need vigilantes to dress up in costumes and go out and patrol yeah. the streets um and it is a problem when cops well I mean, in in the real world, yeah, in, exactly. In comic, yeah, in the in Marvel comics, there's a guy that can like just staple two pieces of wood together and become Electro, and then you, know, you need Spider Man to go fight him. That's a, uh, sure. But, All right. <laughs> anyway, um, but uh, yeah, the you know the pop the the the, the symbology people use, uh, you know, it does matter. And I, I I went into this digression part because I wanted to make it clear, like. It's not just that the Punisher is violent. I mean, you know, uh, uh, you know, Wolverine is another well-known character who's violent, uh, and that wouldn't be a good look. But it, you know, he's just he's just a dude who's very happy, you know, hanging out in the Canadian Rockies and and not bothering interacting with people. You know, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's a very different kind of vibe. Um, you know, and if a cop, you know, if if we if I saw a public official who was wearing a Starfleet badge, like from Star Trek, you know. Like trying to evoke the 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 humane uh, uh, civil you know civilization that that uh, that Star Trek is trying to project, you know, again is a different kind of feel. And yeah, I can totally understand people yeah, going, definitely. "Why are you wearing a Starfleet badge?" But you know, I'd I'd much rather have you know Mister Spock uh, uh, conducting a traffic stop than. <laughs> Many alternatives. Even someone wearing a Klingon insignia, I'd be down with that. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, someone, I'd be, I'd be okay with it. Someone coming up to, like, a cop coming up to me, and they, and they have like a Cardassian symbol on. I'd be like, okay, I'm out. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to draw I mean, the line somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you so, have to. So quick. Yeah, please. So quick. quick. Yeah, so question about some of the other folks that, you know, there's been a lot of other deaths and shootings in this, you know, these couple of weeks while we waited for the verdict. And um, I think there was a young girl uh, killed Wednesday or Thursday by police. She had yeah. a knife. 
in Cleveland. On yes. another girl. Yeah. And um, she, there's well, one just in to, North Carolina just Thursday to, night. Um, uh, sorry, just, uh, this, just is, a shooting. this is important. The, sure. the girl that was shot in, in Cleveland who had a knife, she was the one that called the police. She was defending herself. I didn't hear the that. Girls. Yeah. Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah. She was oh, the yeah. one that God. called the police. I, I thought I heard part of yeah, she was the one that called the police because uh, she was she was getting hassled by by two other people. They they show up, they they see her with a knife. They say drop the knife, but they I don't even know if they said drop the knife, and and they shot her. Like, yeah, the, it's, it, that yeah. is the same police department that murdered Tamir Rice. Yep, uh, that just pulled up and shot him as he was playing in the park. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, and there's another shooting in uh, North Carolina tonight. Uh, we're recording this Thursday night, and it's um, they were serving as some sort of a drug warrant, and they shot a shot a man, an unarmed man, from Jesus. the report. So, you know, it's it's we need to change our laws for sure. I mean, that really is the message in this, and retrain and, you know, have. Um, maybe different responders. I know Northampton has their final report that goes to the city council or went to the city council and sort of recommending other, other people who can respond to crises depending on what they are. So I think that's a complicated way to go, but because right now the dispatchers do fire and police and they, you know, they decide who goes, I guess, or they send both. I really think we do need to find just a way to de-escalate the level of violence we accept from our government, you know, at the local, state, and federal level, just all together. Yeah, you know, like <clears throat> this is something I've said on the show before that um, the 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 function of the of a police officer, uh, sort of particularly, is you, you know if you have two ten year olds who are fighting over a toy. Uh, pretty much any grown-up can step in and say, hey, you kids, stop fighting over that toy. And no one's going to go, why are you stopping those two kids from from hurting each other over a toy? It's like, okay, that's that's kind of what a grown-up's supposed to do, to just step in and, and stop the kids from from doing this dumb stuff. Um, now, when we as we get older, we all mature and become grown-ups, at least to varying degrees. And Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. <laughs> um, but – you know, even our even you know the mature, serious, grown-up dis- disputes uh, can break down into the same kind of squabbling as two kids fighting over a toy. But you know, when we're all grown-ups together, there's no one with sort of that sort of that grown-up quality that can just sort of automatically step in and deal with that. And that's kind of what we appoint cops to do in our society: to sort of be the people who will come in and say. Yeah, I've got a badge. I'm the designated grown-up. You two knock it off. You know, don't make me put you in timeout. Come on, say you're sorry. Shake hands. You know, I'll take the toy away. You know, whatever. And, like, that is a useful function, and that's kind of what, what you know, we'd like from cops to do. And, you know, just as, it, you know... uh grown-ups dealing with with kids don't have to be flashing a gun in order to get their way uh, you know i think uh i don't know that we need heavily armed police all the time to deal with that kind of situation i mean there'll be times when we do but i think we could go we could we could get by pretty well um if cops weren't sort of always carrying a gun you know that would be uh, nice i'd enjoy See, that i'd worry if- 
I'd worry for their safety though, because I just there are so many lunatics that they don't are know there? what they're walking into. Are, are there are that, that many lunatics? There are not that many lunatics. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, being a being a police <laughs> officer in- is not as dangerous as a lot of other professions. It's it really depends on the place you are. It really depends on where you work, where where um like the population that is there and the violence that is prevalent in the community. If someone, if there was like I. I wouldn't I wouldn't bat an eye at like Northampton police officers just carrying like stun guns or something. If we're in New York, maybe different. I don't know. Well, uh, I think we've run a little over time for the first half here. So why don't we pick this up again in the second half and play some PSAs, promos and station IDs right now to keep the FCC happy. Sound good? Sounds good to me. All right. So we're going to do that. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. to Evidence-Based Radio, Science and Skepticism from a Feminist and Socialist Perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, or at evidencebasedarada.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Sue Timberlake, John Roberts, and I, Michael Dow, have been talking a bit about the uh, uh, 
verdict in the trial of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd and uh, sort of the general problems with policing in our country. And it's it's a knotty issue that is <laughs> not going away, unfortunately. Um, but connected to it <clears throat> beyond the obvious issues of you know the police a- acting with violent impunity and whatnot are issues about uh, how much uh, control governments have over their police departments. And there's issues that uh, you know Sue mentioned the the police unions can play a role in making it difficult um, and uh, the the budgeting for uh, cities uh, is influenced by the states and the federal government. Um, but there's nowhere where the problem is more uh, noticeable and extreme and where uh, you know the oversight of the the people of a city, uh, over their own police department is more uh, difficult and, and is less uh, um, involved than Washington, D.C., the capital of the United States of America. Um, and that's not because the people in Washington, D.C. don't care about their cops. It's because, you know, they basically have no power. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, the 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 city of Washington, D.C., uh, all of their laws can be overruled at any time by the United States Congress, and uh, so much of their territory is covered by the jurisdiction of the park police or other law enforcement agencies. And uh, you know, DC, for example, had uh, longtime uh, restrictions on handguns, and following Antonin Scalia inventing new jurisprudence in DC versus Heller. Uh, all of a sudden, they really couldn't restrain uh, or, or control what people were doing, you know, what handguns people were carrying around the city. And, uh, you know, D.C. has no ability to uh, try and bring the issue up again in, in, uh, in making their own laws because they're not a state. So they have no local authority that's recognized by the Constitution. And they are not represented in Congress. They they don't have any Congress people. They don't have any senators. They don't have anything. So but they are people dependent that they on suffrage. Right. Well, that's why the license plate in Washington, D.C. famously reads, taxation without representation. Well, one of them. Yes. <laughs> the other one is like D.C., one. a capital city. <laughs> oh, capital. Is, what? Yeah, that's that's what it says. D.C., a capital. It's great. Very nice. Um. The one I I I have a great love for for DC, not just because I'm so into politics, but um, my my relatives used to live there, and I used to go there like every summer when I was a teenager. Like they would, that's when he could just put a twelve year old on a plane and send them across like multiple states. Uh, <laughs> but I used to be able. In to, theory, one can still do that, but I imagine yeah. it's much more difficult <laughs> these days. But um. It's it's a wonderful city. It's uh, if it if it wasn't so freaking hot down there, I'd actually probably want to move there. I love I really loved it there. Um, and a muggy too, isn't it? Muggy? Yes, it's In a swamp. It's built on a swamp. It's built on. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> if it was like a, if it was like in Pennsylvania, I'd be like, yes, let's go. But um, it's. It but it's really, really Virginia and or Maryland. So yeah, but it, it's really a special place, and if you have the chance to visit, then do. But it really, like people there, 
don't have as much control over over how they're governed. It's and they're a, they're sometimes a political football, and it's really sad. Like think about wherever whoever's listening to this, wherever you live. Think about if you couldn't if you, if like the city you live in passed an ordinance, and then uh like the federal government could say no at any time it's it's insane like i understand the reason why we have washington dc and why it's it's it is the way it is it's because of racism but uh it's it, it's time has passed we need to we need to give people power in their to govern themselves so you approve of the Democrats uh, in the House passing a bill to grant D.C. statehood? God, no. It's a power grab. It's completely it's – a, it's a leftist power grab. They're trying <laughs> to take over the country and I will not – I think we should have less states. Take, take Massachusetts statehood away. Yes, I think that's – I think it's a really good idea. Uh, they should definitely be a state. Sue, what do you think? Absolutely. Yep. Wait, I'm which do you wondering... agree with? Massachusetts not being a state? <laughs> or DC oh, being Massachusetts a state? Not being... <laughs> um, so so I, what I'm wondering is, because I guess it passed the House, right? There's a bill right now, yep. and they're saying it's going to die in the Senate. But I'm wondering what you guys think of the Supreme Court just making a constitutional decision that, you know, those folks in DC, there's a lot of them too, have to have representation. I, I just, I think it's almost like if you're really a, a textualist, originalist does seem like that's what the words say. So I'm wondering what you guys think. Yeah. Um, People get representation. Well, all right. I, I, I think that, that would work. Yeah. I don't know enough about the, I, I, I'm not familiar enough with the text of the constitution to be able to sort of riff it off the top of my head or anything. Um, I do think that, uh, uh, you know, the House of Representatives is explicitly to for for you know representatives of the people, and the Senate is for representative representation of the states. And the whole point of Washington D.C. is that it is neither. So I don't know that uh, a, a textualist, an originalist, someone who wants to get back to the you know who wants to be controlled by the original meaning as intended by the people who wrote the laws, or in this case, frame the Constitution. I, I don't know that they would uh, accept that. I mean, they might, they could. Uh, there's logic to it, but yeah. you know, and after I all, I'm... there's there there is the argument that hey, just because you're a citizen doesn't mean you should actually have a right to vote. That's not enshrined in the Constitution. So you know, that's why it'd be okay for a state legislature to to just decide to. Uh, you know, have a vote in the legislature assign presidential electors uh, as opposed to throwing it open to the popular vote. So. Well, I, yeah, I, um, I just, I think it's a, I think it's an amazing thing that it hasn't had statehood and that it has no representation. I, I just, I find it sort of one of those things that we're all pretending, you know, it's sort of like one day somebody wakes up and goes, Hey, wait a minute. Slaves are really illegal. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> if you really read the, if you really read the, the principles of the constitution, there's no way that would have stood up as long as it did. But you know, for a long time, people just, well, it means what we want it to mean. Right. And it, I, 
so I, I feel that way about D.C. statehood, that it's long overdue and that it just doesn't make any sense to me. I also think that Puerto Rico should get and, you know, some of our other territorial places should have, um, you know, formal and written codified. U.S. Codified. Virgin Islands, Samoa, yep. Guam. Hmm. Yeah. If they want to. I mean, that's the other side of it. But, I, I do. You know, I definitely do think that uh, uh, colonial territories is. Uh, is a bad idea for the United States. I mean, the whole country Period. is founded yep. on on conquest and seizing territory from the people who were living here, unfortunately. But uh, I, I think just, you know, the, the yeah. I, yeah. But I don't know. I the one place I'd hesitate is Guantanamo Bay. I don't really know what to do with that. So well, that's not anyway. really a territory. That's just U.S. land. It's, I, it, I no, it's part of Cuba <laughs> that we have a lease yeah. from the Cuban government, and they don't want to honor that, but they can't stop us, so they don't. That, that's, that almost that's sounds story. like territorial, you know, usurpation. Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very but, interesting. But, but, but the it, day- it, it is formally a lease, and so in theory, we could hand it back any time. We, uh, uh, we actually just, send them checks. Yes, I they don't never think they cash, cash them. them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we actually pay them. Yeah. They they just never accept it because. But I mean, I know exactly what we should do with Guantanamo. We should just close it. We should just not have it anymore. Well, do you mean yeah. the prison uh, specifically? Obviously, but do you mean like the entire naval base that's there? Because that's why it was used to site that that military prison for people we weren't actually going to try. Yeah, for anything, get rid of it. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> It's it's tarnished now. <laughs> I well, I don't I don't disagree, to, uh, and I don't know we that we. To, you know, I don't know I that we can we, get by with. We, we, I think we can get by without it. You know, I mean. Well, know. we've got to build some bases up in the Antarctic. You know, up in Alaska, we really have to catch up with the Rus- Russians. Wait, so we're going to have to move our Cuban wait, in bases Alaska up to or Alaska or in the Antarctic. Well, Alaska, but on that that upper slope, the northern slopes up there where the where the she, glaciers are melting. She said so. the Arctic. She didn't say the Antarctic. She said the Arctic. Oh, I Arctic. thought she said it. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, we already have a base in the Antarctic. Yeah, but it's not yeah. militarized. Thank God. Yeah. Jesus. Um, yeah, well, but getting back to race. You know, race for all the uh, elements and things that we're running out of. Yeah. But yeah, DC should definitely be a state and they should just do it. And I know my party goes crazy because they do think it's a left-wing power grab, but you know what? The people deserve it. It's just a basic fundamental, you know, if, if you have American values, you think DC should have voting rights. <laughs> it's just, yeah. There's no question about it. So if they I'm were, do, if, if they were in the South, if they were like, uh, or like a Republican city, <clears throat> like if it was, because it's just, the way that DC is, there's nothing specifically like Democratic or Republican about it. It's just that's the sense of the area. But if it was Republican, I'd still say they should be a state because they so, should be a state. Doesn't matter I'm, like who they vote for. I'm going to do necessarily send money to help it happen, but you might for DC, right or not? What you say? Is it something you would fund? You know, like a lot of times when people have a really strong feeling about something, they'll send five bucks to help. Would you, would you, I don't know if you've sent money to the, well, we had, didn't we have one of your family members on who was running for office? My cousin was running for office. Unfortunately, I 
do not believe she got elected. Um, but she was running for office for uh, um, at large counselor for DC. Um, I don't know. Do you mean like send money to like, like a, a campaign for DC like a campaign? Statehood? Yeah, sure. yeah, like, like would you, yeah, yeah. But if it was a Republican state, you probably wouldn't send your money there. You you think it was a good idea, but you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't send. I mean, money I wouldn't to, send. I'm not sending my money to the Democratic thing. I mean, uh, either <laughs> I might. Yeah. I mean, honestly, okay. I might. I might, yeah, yeah, uh, because like yeah, I said, I love DC, and it does. It has nothing to do with its politics. It's just a great place, yeah. and well, yeah, um, I think that the way that it's run, the way that they have, um, the way that they have their their metro and their um their public transportation, uh, the the way that the that the city is laid out, I I think it's really. And if it was a Republican place. As long as the as the city was, you know, treating its its citizens as as it should, then yeah, you know. But if it was like, yep. if the if the mayor of DC was just um like a horrible person or something, or like if the people that wanted to run DC were horrible people, then I would think twice about it. It's just you know, yeah. But the principle of it is just clear, crystal yes. clear. So yeah. I'm going to yeah. do something that, too. that Sue normally does on the show, Uh-oh. which is to toss in a conversational grenade here. <laughs> oh, 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 Sue, he's taking you. He's biting on your style. What, what's yep. going on? I'm, wa- I'm waiting. I'm waiting. This is so fun. So DC <laughs> has what? About 600,000 people, right? Almost 700,000. 700,000 people. Yeah. Okay. So, and it makes sense that DC... Uh, even though it's you know it's just a city you know and it's not that big you know as a city uh, should be a state. So uh, what about the five boroughs of New York? Why shouldn't New York City become you know a you know an independent city state with eight point one million people? You know it's bigger than most states in the union. It's more people than Massachusetts as a whole. So why shouldn't New York City mm. be a state? Because well, they're Cali- part of a California state. California shouldn't either. Yeah. And California shouldn't split up either. But look at little tiny, was it Montana and Vermont? They're they're smaller than D.C. population-wise. I mean, yep. Rhode Island, you know. Don't but know. I mean, the, the reason tiny. that you don't have New York as its own state is because it doesn't need to be. It ha- It's part of a state. They have representation. They have, they, they can. They were captured elect- by the New York government. Yeah, they're captured. Yeah. They are um, only captured. I mean, hell, they, it's just, they you know, have, the, the, uh, the, the mayor of New York has a bigger budget and controls, you know, and oversees a larger population and controls more resources than most state governors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, but they're still a state. They still have all the rights and all the powers of a state. The, if, if DC had, had that, then, or if it was, if DC was, part of virginia or part of maryland then we wouldn't be having this discussion um the 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 whole point is that it is controlled um far too much and it has far too little power to govern itself and the people don't have enough power to govern themselves that's the i mean the new york they have they have um congress people for just boroughs in New York, 
Yep, that's true. You know, like they have rep- they have a, a lot of representation in New York and in their Senate and um in the in in federal politics. DC doesn't have that. They have they have a they have someone in Congress that can like debate. Listen. <laughs> they can't really they can say stuff, they can get up and, and debate and stuff, but they can't do anything. They can, you know, be part of the uh, – one of the managers of a a presidential impeachment. Yeah. And do a very impressive job. Yeah, she was good. Yeah. Yeah, she was amazing. I forget her name. You know, Mm -hmm. that's it. I mean, like, so, yeah, there there are places – So why not merge with Virginia or or Maryland? Why not merge with them? Yeah, why not be annexed, I guess is the word. Neither of them Annexation. Well, also the original <laughs> the original <laughs> logic was that any state that has the the, the federal capital is going to have uh, both disproportionate influence and also uh, you know problems because you'll have like well the state capital's here but the federal capital's here and yeah. you know so but to make the the capital itself just like you know the the just that area that's not. You know the actual buildings, because like I think the uh, the the plan is to uh, uh, sh- to shrink the capital district to the small area right around the actual you know the houses of Congress, the White House, the Supreme Court, you know places where people don't actually live because it's full yes. of federal office buildings and whatnot, and say like that is still the federal district, that's still federal territory, but nobody's living there, so nobody's being disenfranchised in Congress. Uh, or the Senate. Oh, interesting. And that yep. is actually the plan. Um, I am and, going and to be that, posting I think the, is a the sensible idea. of the act, HR fifty one. I am going to be posting that on the uh, on the the website. It it is very specific about um, boundaries, about where the city is going to be a state, and it it starts calling the the area that you're talking about the uh, the seat of the the seat of federal power, something like that. Yeah. So I got one other question for you guys, and I know we're running out of time, but <clears throat> I'm just wondering. Uh, so, adding another state, uh, do you think? Uh, do, do you agree Ruins with me the that flag. that this is a <laughs> the flag will look weird, but yeah, but uh, that yeah, this yeah. is an, that this is an excellent reason to uh, rejigger the House of Representatives and add more representation because 435 split between 50 states is proving you know, problematic. And uh, I, I think splitting it between 51 is just going to be worse. So I, I think we should expand the House of Representatives. What do you guys think? Yes, we all, we should do that. Now. It, it, we should, we should not have had a limit on the, the House in general. We, sh- it, the oh, limit should it be. because it reduces, yeah, yes. when somebody loses population, they lose reps and it goes somewhere else, but the number doesn't increase. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So even add, if the proportions, percentage, and even if yeah. the proportions stay exactly the same, like you add people to each state in exactly the right same proportions, uh, you know, if you keep doing that, it winds up being like, well, it was you know half a million people voters per representative in 1920, but now it's one and a half million in 2020 because there's just more people, mm-hmm. and it's like. Did, did, did the extra million people suddenly have fewer issues or concerns that require being addressed by Congress? You know, like, we should like three have, times as much work. So isn't there? <laughs> we used to have um, the, the way that we used to have representatives was 
age, like when you got to a certain population point, then you got a new, uh, not a senator, but you got a new congressperson. Like it was like if if you if if one area has like a million people, then they have that. If that area then grows and then has two million people, then that area is split, and then another one is is. Like it should be according to population. It shouldn't be be according to like county or whatever. You know, we should have. And the most important thing about that is, if there was a, um, if there were more Congress people and they covered fewer people, that means if you wanted to go talk to your Congressperson, you could just go talk to them. And there wouldn't be such a huge line. There would be uh, more of an availability and there would be more of an ability for you as a citizen to actually communicate with your with your representative. Right now, mm. it, like some places, the, rep, the reps cover more people than in D.C. You know, like yeah. that's solo. Yeah, and, and having a having a representative at large, like in, in Montana, I think that's that's fine because they don't have enough people to to warrant more more people but like in LA LA should have like three people just in LA it's to like you need to you need to limit the amount of people that a person can represent so they can functionally represent them and that's based on population not um citizenship right yeah so it's just population volume yeah, so if it's a million people, even if only half of them are are citizens, that it's still the yeah, volume. If that were the case, yes. We changed this in yeah. the twenties. Before that, it was like I was saying, but we changed this to having a a set number of of reps in the twenties and thirties. Do you think they just didn't want more seats in Congress that they just couldn't build out? The buildings are <laughs> that, the, you know, they only have 435, maybe 480 seats in the, including yeah. the gallery. And they just, they just, it, they said, it would be, it would be insane. Can't. Like you would have to figure out like a video sharing or something. You'd have to figure out like yeah. multiple buildings. You would have to expand the Capitol. Football and, stadium or something. Yeah, and I want that. I want that. There should be I, I should be able to More. just go to my representative's office and be able to get in line to talk to them. And, and there should be like floating little pods with like people can like sit in with the DS and like when they want to get up and address the body, like it should attach and float up into the center. Right. Oh, there you go. <sighs> Sounds kind of uh, science fictiony to me, but it is. Jim McGovern's very it's... accessible. Our our rep, Mike. Jim McGovern. Mike, for the love of God, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Star, like Wars. Star Wars, man. That's from Star yeah. Wars. Yeah, this is how democracy yeah. dies. Anyway, <laughs> oh, blame it on I hear me. Music. I hear music. <laughs> Once you made that joke, I'm like, no, I'm going to start the music. No, we're going to play it out now. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I guess on that uh, uh, farcical <laughs> note. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, I guess that's going to do it for civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Um, sorry. Uh, 
hopefully we'll have uh, uh, more states before too long. But until then, <laughs> uh, this is going to do it. Uh, we've got Subculture coming up at 8 o'clock, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at midnight. There'll be a podcast of our show uploaded to the various streaming services uh, Monday morning in the wee hours. And uh, we have a repeat broadcast Mondays at four in the afternoon. So listen to us all over again. Yes. And do it. <laughs> I do will it. make it legal. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> that's going to do it for Civil Politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.